Welcome back to the Property Profits Podcast. Dave DeBow here, zooming in from the outskirts of Ottawa, Ontario. We've got a very accomplished real estate entrepreneur, Brandon Froster, who's done a lot in a pretty short period of time. I mean, Brandon, you name it, he's kind of done it all the way from flips to burrs to student rentals to short-term rentals and a few different things in between. And these days he's investing more south of the border. So very, very uh, looking forward to our conversation. Welcome, Brandon. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me on the podcast. My pleasure. So why don't you just kind of let us know what got you into real estate investing? When did you get started and, and kind of how did things progress for you? So I've been investing in real estate for about six years now. Mm -hmm. um, it started off with, um, well, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, we yeah. lived in Ottawa and we wanted to get our own place. We we're living in uh, a nice apartment, but we didn't want to buy our own place and get out of the city. The city for us is just, you know, too busy. We hate traffic. Uh, here you um, and we were looking around and it's crazy to think now, but, you know, six years ago, we thought Ottawa was expensive. Looking back, you know, I wish I would have got something in Ottawa, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we looked outside of the city um, and we looked at Brockville. So Brockville wasn't too far from family. There is still lots of job opportunity there. Mm -hmm. You know, 30,000 people is big enough for us. And we were able to get a duplex for the same, if not less of a cost of a single family house in Ottawa. Okay. So, so almost like a two for one. Yeah. Basically a two for one deal. Right. Yeah. And it kind of just came across, you know, I was working a job and wasn't really getting paid what I thought I should be worth. I was, you know, supposed to get my apprenticeship and just kind of got pushed and pushed down. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to know, you know, how can I make more money? Um, so I started reading a bunch of books and blogs, and podcasts, and I this was up, after you purchased the duplex already. Uh, so this was sorry. This was before. Okay. So we started reading. I started reading. You know, I wasn't a big reader before. Never really finished a book or anything. But once I got into the personal finance space, uh, this is where I really started to read all kinds of books. Everything I kind of get my hand on. Uh, after hours of work. Um, and one of the big ones was probably one of everyone's favorites was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of what really flipped a switch in my mind. Yeah, And it just made sense. Like, you know, if you could get basically a two for one deal, live in one side, rent the other, live essentially mortgage free and have even more covered, um, you know, just to think about how much you can save Right. On a monthly basis. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. So tell me about the snowball. Cause six years ago for me, cause I'm an old fart doesn't seem that long ago. And it looks like you guys have done a lot. So you bur you bought that first duplex. You guys lived in one half, you rented out the other half. You house hacked is I guess what the term would be these days. Yeah. Then what, what did you, what did you start getting into and, and how long between then and you becoming a full-time real estate entrepreneur? Yeah, so we lived in that for almost a year. Um, my wife is a nurse, and she was working at the jail in town. She used to walk back and forth uh, to our house, which yeah. was nice until you know people started to remember her 
that were inmates. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm walking home and, you know, hey, I think I remember you. Yeah, you're the nurse at the jail. So this is where we decided, you know, maybe it's not a good idea for us to live in town. Mm. Um, so That we close to her work. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, <laughs> it's being close is nice, but, you know, certain people you don't want to recognize you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we were getting tired of living with tenants, too. It wasn't too bad, but yeah. we wanted to get our own place and we just got a puppy, too. So I wanted to give him a bigger yard. Um, so we moved outside of Brockville and we found a nice little single family home in the country um, in Johnstown near the bridge there. So even closer to family, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And this one needed quite a bit of work. It was probably original 70s. You know, you had the old shake carpet that needed to be mowed. <laughs> so I, I'm just sorry for interrupting, Brandon. What was yeah. what was your job at this point? So you say you're you're looking to get your apprenticeship. What what field are you in or were you in? Yeah. So when I was in Ottawa, I was doing HVAC. Um, okay. So I had my oil and gas license and I was working on getting my sheet metal license. Um, but once I moved from Ottawa to Brockville, it wasn't quite the same area and I didn't want to travel as much as they you know, wanted me to. Got it. So um, since I was reading all those books on finance, I ended up uh, starting a blog on personal finance. Um, it's no longer up, but for some reason, no one ever took beginnersfinance.com. <laughs> I was super surprised. So I had yes. that domain for a while. And from there, um, I had someone reach out to me that worked in personal finance and they asked, you know, how come I don't do this for a career? And I said, you know, I don't really want to go back to school. I already did the school thing. Um, you know, I'm debt free from that. I don't really yeah. want to get into debt for that. Um, but they ended up paying for school. So I got my mutual fund license and insurance. So I was doing that for a while while I was doing like, real like a financial planner type situation. Yeah, similar yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. And the flexibility was really nice because it was kind of a work from home, but you know, you'd meet people, um, yeah. it's convenient for them in their homes and stuff. So you did lots of traveling. You get to see lots of different properties too. Um, all right. So, so you got into the other property, maybe let's fast forward a little bit, Brandon, cause I'm, I'm interested in seeing where you're at now. So it sounds like you guys over the last six years have done a whole bunch of different things. So anywhere from student rentals to short-term rentals, what would you say has been your main bread and butter kind of real estate strategy? Cause as I, as I understand real estate's now your, your full-time thing, this is your, your main focus. So how did, yeah. what, what did you, yeah, the full-time um, job for us. So we actually left our careers um, last both fall. You did. Yeah. So nice. last fall, 2022, we both left our jobs and yeah. we decided to do real estate full-time. Yeah. So we, once we moved to Spencerville, um, a buddy of mine that I've grown up with and he has his own construction company and he ended up building our dream house for us. Nice. So I needed a full-time job in order to qualify for the mortgage. And once we got that mortgage, you know, we were maxed out. So to me, it didn't really make sense to uh, work a job like that anymore when I could make more money in real estate. So that was a big jump for us uh, to do that. But I mean, you know, you crunch the numbers, you see what's coming in and out. Um, And if you build up a a big enough portfolio, able to do that so right what, now what what did the portfolio look like 
at the point where you decided to jump in full time? How many, how many units? What kind of mix did you did you have? So right now we're focusing on long term rentals. Like you said, you know we've pretty much tried everything. Yeah. Um, but the long term buy and hold is really what makes sense. Um, it's the easiest to look after as well. Short term, you know, there's a lot of work involved. Mm. Uh, managing cleaners, everything's got to be, you know, five star review. Mm. Um, but we've had, we've bought and sold a lot now. We've done about maybe 16 deals or so. Mm-hmm. Um, we only have five left now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from the five properties, I mean, we're generating like 50,000 or so net. Um, so, you know, we bought at a really good time. Rents have gone up quite a bit. Yeah. We've locked in, you know, cheap debt. So what, what kind of properties are these? Are these, um, multi, small multifamilies? Yeah. Small and multifamily. They range from single family to uh, a triplex. Okay. Very good. Well, you're doing pretty well. If you're, if you're netting out 50 grand a year from, from that portfolio, that's very good. Plus, selling some of your properties that kind of adds to the nest egg there as well and, and helps smooth things out. So um, I believe I read in your information that you're, you're starting to invest South of the border in in New York state. Is that correct? Yeah. So the Ontario market just got crazy and crazy. That's why we sold yeah. off a lot of stuff. Um, it just wasn't making sense to buy Um a good way to kind of think about it is, you know, would I buy my property at the current value that it is? If not, you know, maybe you should look at selling it. And then why, is it why, why is that? Um, it's just because you, you know, you tie up a lot of capital in the property and a lot of people don't calculate um, the tied up capital or equity that's in there. So if you're not willing to buy it at what it would sell for today, um, you know, sometimes it makes sense to sell it, buy another place. You can force appreciate it um, and then just keep rolling it that way. Kind of building up into bigger and bigger yeah. deals, bigger and bigger properties. Okay, I get it. And what about, uh, so have you done some deals in New York State now? Yep. Um, so we had two deals so far in New York State. So we bought a, a little duplex and we bought a mixed use building. Okay. So it's two commercial storefronts and uh, four residential units. So it's one of those downtown properties, you know, where they're all, um, they're all joint together, the old yeah. brick style. Um, so that was kind of cool. That was something I never thought I would ever own a downtown property like that. So that was very exciting and it's in good condition too. Which is yeah. So logistically, how is that working for you guys? How, how far away are your properties? Like if you have to go see them, what's involved with that? Uh, what's, what's been your learning curve around cross border investing and getting your money back and forth and, and being able to pull that cash flow out with, without getting double taxed, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge learning curve for sure. I mean, everyone you talk to has a different way of doing things. Every accountant, attorney, you know, (laughs) depending on who you talk to, will have a different opinion. Um, But, you know, after you've talked to a few people, you just got to pick a strategy and go with it. And you can always adapt later on. So that's kind of cool. So maybe, maybe share with us 
your strategy as a Canadian investing in cash flowing properties in the States? What, how, if you're open to it, maybe share how you've structured things. Yeah. So the way that we set ours up is we did the typical um, GP LP structure. So you set up a limited partnership in the United States. And then you have a general partner. So the general partner is the partner that would take on um, all of the risk. In this case, since we've already had a Canadian corporation that we weren't using, we decided to use that as the general partner. Okay. And then you have a limited partner in this case, which would be me and my wife. We are the limited partners of, uh, of that entity. Okay. And the limited partner holds and owns the property. So the way that it works is, um, you know, let's say the duplex for this example, any money goes into the limited partnership. And from Which there- Which is you and your wife? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, and from there, it's called, it's technically a flow through entity. So the money so, would flow through and it would come back over to the Canadian side. Okay. So are you guys set up with like an LLC, which goes into a, um, a holding company, so to speak, and then that, then it comes back into Canada or is that? Um, so there's, there's no LLC. Okay. Um, we tried to keep it as simple as possible. There's so many different ways you can do it and it can mm-hmm. get very complicated quickly yeah. and the fees to set this all up and have um, the fees in order to keep it going each year and year. Right. So we just have the limited partnership with the general partner and the limited partner being us keeping it very simple for now until we get into some bigger deals. Um, what happens is a lot of people, you know, they read about U.S. investing, but they're reading about it from the U.S. side. Yeah. So they will go and open up an, an LLC. You know, this is something you can do self quite easily online. Um, but like you said, you know, this is where you can run into getting double tax because mm-hmm. the Canadian government doesn't recognize LLCs because we don't quite have something similar. So you definitely want to speak to an accountant uh, to make sure it's being set up properly, so you don't get double tax. So the du- so walk me through this because I'm so confused. Then Brandon, um, yeah. I, so I so you you hundred hours doing this. Stuff. Yeah, no I'm sure. But so you and your wife are the LPs. Yeah. Did you buy the duplex in your names down there? No, like is it registered? It's in your bought name? in the limited partnership. So in this case, the limited partnership name is Seaway. So Seaway is the one that's holding title to the properties. Okay. And we are the limited partners, but technically we are not doing any of the work. We're not supposed to be doing any of the work because you can right. lose your limited partner um, position. But we are running um, the general partner, which is you, doing you, you all the work, the which is also us. I mean, everything's us, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's ways you're supposed to say or do things in order to protect yourself. So since we're limited partners, we can only lose uh, the money that we put into it or the general partner can lose more uh, than what was put into it. Right, there, it's, it's liable. And now, so that was my next question because it sounds, you've, you've got a very good background in personal finance. Mm-hmm. Now you've also got a very good background in insurance and all of these kind of things as well. Yes. So how do you, protect yourselves um, under this, under these circumstances with the property in the state so that, you know, you can't, you, you avoid getting sued and, and, and all yeah. that kind of, 
litigious. So stuff. a lot of people, um, especially on the state side, are afraid of being sued. You know, a lot of people um, think that the U.S. are big sewers, which is, I mean, I think that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's different ways you can set up your structure in order to help avoid that. But I mean, a big thing too is having proper insurance. I mean, yeah. if you have proper liability insurance, that's a huge one to cover you. Because um, yeah, you can set up these crazy structures, but if you're only doing smaller properties and you're kind of dipping your toes into the US market, it really kills your profit. Whereas, you know, you could spend, you know, not too much more money, maybe 50, $100 and bump up that 1 million to 2 million liability. Um, but you can also maybe have multiple limited partnerships. So maybe you'll put three properties into one and then three into another. Right. This is why we are the limited partners to help reduce um, our personal risk. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm, I'm still, it's, it's getting through my fuzzy head now. Thank yeah. you very much for, for explaining that. It's nice when there's a nice drawing where you can see. Yeah, that we need a, I need, I'm a visual kind of guy too, but I'm, I'm getting it. Okay. Very, very cool, Brandon. So uh, what are your plans moving ahead now that you guys have dipped your toe in the water, so to speak, in, in, in the States, you've got a couple of properties. Sounds like that's where you want to focus more of your time and effort. What comes next? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely, we want to keep expanding into um, into uh, the States for sure. Um, just the rules and stuff in Ontario is making it very difficult. You know, You're talking about the landlord-tenancy rules? Yeah, increasing rents and stuff. Yeah, And we only live 15, 20 minutes away from the border. Everything we're buying is within an hour of us currently. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. We wanted to buy close to us until we learned the process because we weren't quite sure how it worked in the States. And, you know, if you need to drive over and show ID or something like we had to, to set up utilities, um, you know, it's right there. We also have family that live in the state side. You know, I grew up on the border, um, played hockey over there. So I'm familiar with some of the areas, but it's been a while. (laughs) Nice. No, that is exciting stuff. And Brandon, um, are you, are you guys working with joint venture partners? Or, or raising private capital at all to expand your real estate business? Yep. Um, most of what we do is we've been raising um, private money. So not so much bringing people onto the deals, more so private lending, giving them a set return. So kind of um, like debt, debt investors. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we are going to be bringing on more people onto our deals. There's a lot of people that want to get into U.S. investing, and it's just not feasible, especially if you're only going to buy one or two properties because it's just too expensive. Yeah. So we want to bring some investors over and, you know, we can grow together. Well, it sounds like you're you're the kind of person that does his homework. Uh, You you say you you put in a hundred hours or something like that into figuring out how to how to structure things the way you've got it right now. So what based on your current understanding how will it work best to bring on canadian partners to invest in us properties so if we're doing the smaller deals it yeah. makes sense to set up uh, a separate joint venture agreement mm-hmm. so you don't have to go and set up a separate entity with someone you know if you're you're only going to buy maybe one or two properties with the person it doesn't really make sense to go and set up uh, all these different uh, entities 
where you could go and have a joint venture agreement on the side that they're able to register to the property if something were to happen. Um, this is where you get both lawyers or attorneys to review it and make sure you know everything's ironclad for both mm -hmm. you and the investor. But that's kind of the way moving forward until we get into larger deals, which is our plan in the future, where we can, you know, we'll have the money to set up our proper structure where they can be right in the limited partnership. Um, but so yeah, basically, for the time being, you're going to continue with you and your wife being the limited partners bring on your investors kind of on the side with a, with a joint venture agreement, which will yeah. then be registered on title of the property. So that way they, they feel comfortable that you're not going to sell it out from under them and, and they've got some security. Am I understanding that correctly? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. I like the way that you're streamlining it, that, you know, simple definitely sounds a lot better. That's for sure. Especially because, because you're so right. I mean, I've talked to people, they're looking at doing deals in the States and they're getting quoted anywhere from 20,000 to $200,000 to get yeah. set up properly and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, Whoa, dude, you know, we want to do what, what you're doing. And that's buy a duplex or a very small yeah. multifamily buy a house for that. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, it's a little intimidating, but it sounds like you've got it very, very streamlined. Awesome. Brandon. Well, this is, this is fascinating and time flies when we're having fun. So if people want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, the best way is to reach out to me on Facebook. Um, we have Facebook, Instagram, you know, we get all those. Maybe just Facebook, give one. What's the best way on Facebook? Yeah, reach out to me on Facebook. Um, we have a page called Foster Properties. Mm -hmm. Or you can message me on my personal page. Um, but yeah, we can throw a link in the description there. Make it a little easier. All right. So people can look you up there, Foster Properties on Facebook. Brandon, thanks so much. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you, Dave. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode.